Hello and welcome to Sport Me Podcast with your hosts, Frank Endeberry and Kenny MacDuff. Hello everybody. Today, let's get right to it. We're going to talk about the NBA return to play. July 31st, it looks like, what's the city, Kenny? Orlando, Florida. Um, it's something with Disney they're doing. I don't know the exact place. A collab with not with Disney? Not with Disney, but like there's like a, a university near there or something like that. Okay. All right. That sounds that sounds good. Uh, is it going to be the kind of same setup as the NHL? You uh, know? The, it's not because they're going to do a 16-day, eight-game regular season with 13 West teams and nine East teams. So they're going to do part of the regular season? Yeah. They're, instead of just going right to the playoffs like the NHL, they're going to um, do a small – Regular season just to finish out the regular season, I guess, and okay. then kind of seed it that way. So how? So how's it going to work with like fans in the stadiums? I don't think they're going to have fans just because with everything going on. Um, like the NHL, there are no fans right now. Um, MLB, no fans, which makes sense. You know, with the coronavirus, you can't really have fans in the stadium. So how is it going to work for? Playoff games. You said it was an eight-game regular season, so how is it going to work when they start the playoffs? So then it'll be like a reseeding, th- like the, to finish the seeding, um, and then they're going to just uh, seed themselves so they can uh, have the right matchups. Because it's 13 teams in the West, which is I think is weird, and then nine in the East. Why not just make it even? So are they taking the seeding from the regular season that's already started and continuing it into the last eight games here, or are they just starting fresh with eight games with the teams and reseeding after? I think that's how I think they're going to do it. Reseed after to finish out the regular season as it was. Okay, so kind of similar to the NHL in that sense, where the teams that were in you know the top were how we were talking in the NHL. The teams that were in the top were kind of getting you know the back end of the stick mm-hmm. because. They've worked all season, and they're pro- they could end up fourth just how they perform in a couple games. Yep. So, how important are those eight games to those teams? I think that the eight games are to just get the players back into the uh, style of playing that they were because, like, it was heating up. So back into play shape. Yep, and to just you know they've been off for for so long and yeah, put shots sense. up, you know, uh, bumps and bodies and stuff, um, and then I think. What one thing that's weird is they're each team is going to play a back to back game, so they're going to play one game and then play another game right after it. Um, oh, back to back same day. Yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, it's kind of weird that they're now that'll take that. a toll on the athletes mm-hmm. then, right? Yeah, so it's four hours in between each game, each individual game. I don't think that's enough time at all. Well, yeah, I don't think so either because you got to clean it, warm up, uh, accommodate for overtime, and then um, they're only using three courts. And they plan on having like four to five games a day. I guess I see how they kind of want the four to five games a day because you don't have to get all the fans out before you start the next game. Mm -hmm. Like other sporting events when they're back to back, you literally just have to stop the game and start the new one. Mm -hmm. And make sure like the chair, they want to make sure the chairs are clean and the floors are clean just because sweat and all that stuff and they don't. They're not sure about like services and stuff. So like a shotgun clean, kind of like they clean airplanes. Yep. Like the typical way they clean airplanes, you know, they stop and they have like you know twenty minutes to clean everything mm-hmm. and then they're done. It would obviously take less time to clean a basketball court because there's a know. lot of people. There would probably be a good amount of people cleaning, honestly. 
um, even though they're only gonna they're limiting staff and like in players' rooms and hallways, and they don't want like crowds and stuff. I don't think the media will be allowed in. I just I'm, I just didn't see that. Yeah, I, I assume that there'll be definitely enough media there to cover the game. You know, get it on TV so that you know us sports fans aren't worried about not having sports mm-hmm. still. You know, it's still been three months. Actually, I think it has been almost exactly three months. Almost, yeah. Was it March twelfth or something? Yeah. Well, that was with the NHL, and oh yeah, and Rudy Gobert he got so pretty much yeah. most of the sports ended around March twelfth, and now I believe it's June twelfth. So sports starting to come back. PGA Tour today. Um, we're all excited. So more on the NBA. Do you have more on that? Uh, just like for next season, kind of um, how they're gonna start the season, which isn't until December first. If they play through December first, so like we were talking last week with the NHL, is my idea was that instead of trying to push their season, their start of their new season up, you know, just cancel their season now. But the NBA has already ex- pushed the start date. Yeah, up they there. have basic plans to start December first next year. Um, they have July thirty first through October twelfth will be kind of the end of the regular season, and then the playoffs to crown an NBA champion. And then um, they have other dates that... This is just like a rough plan for now, and then, but the starting date for next season would be December 1st. So you said that it was July that they were going to start the postseason slash regular season. You know, their plan to finish this season. How do you think that's going to affect the players in the off season going into the December 1st start date? I think it's going to be hard because, like, you usually have your summer off after June, and then you come back for October. That's the extra two months that you're going to have to train. Diff- like, your timing is going to be off, I feel like. And then starting December 1st, it's going to push everything else. So it's just continuing to push everything moving forward. So I guess a trend that we see now is the athletes not having their same, you know, status quo almost and for an athlete we agreed that that was probably one of their most essential things to performing well Mm -hmm. is having a good routine yeah definitely and uh, also going into next season um salaries like for lebron james and stephen curry would see their 2020 21 salary reduced because they would already have been paid in full for the year so they'd lose some of their salary going into next year which is also kind of what like the mlb is going through when with the players wanting their money I don't feel bad for LeBron James not getting the right amount of money. He has millions. They all He's do. Okay. So <laughs> I think they're okay. They can. Some of the people that I that I agree that we should they should be focusing on making sure they have money is the lower athletes, like the lower class athletes, the ones that maybe aren't as good. They don't get paid as much. You know, they're making a hundred thousand instead of. That's just a number to throw yeah. out there, but they're making that instead of the millions, you know. And if they have payments that are worth more than that, if their salary, they might be goes banking lower. on making that kind of money. Whether yeah, and if you not running it to be reduced, even for some of those players like LeBron, you know, they have house payments and stuff that are set for their salary. So when you lower that salary, it affects them. Again, it's not going to affect LeBron at all. Like no. he's going to be fine. But for those lower athletes, like I said, it, it might affect them. But they bit. do want their money, which is fair to for them. But I don't yeah, think even it's... with like um, Roger Federer 
and the the Nike deal. Nike really slipped up on that deal, but you know he Nike didn't want to pay him. And I mean, this is one of the most well known athletes in the world. Like, why don't you just pay him? He he gets a lot of stuff for you. Like I was a tennis player and I bought Nike stuff. You know, people people do that. So Uniqlo made out like a bandit. They paid him, and now their sales are going up, you know? Yeah. It's stuff like that, you know? If they deserve the money, they deserve the money. Tom Brady, going to Tampa. Come on, New England. Why wouldn't you just pay him? Mm -hmm. I mean, he's been your brand for 20 years. He's dynasty. His jerseys are constantly number one, number two. He's always top three. So what I'm saying is, yes, they need the money that they rely on. But to an extent, you have to be aware that they are fine i'm not worried about their salaries yeah no (laughs) they have enough money to uh get through so and i'm still sad that tom brady wants to tamper Bay. Mm -hmm. it hurts (laughs) i can see you crying over there yeah (laughs) those tears are coming down pretty good (laughs) no it's not it can't it's it's up there with the bruins losing every stanley cup final they're ever in well, speaking of Tom, why don't we go right into the NFL? Okay, perfect. Let's start. Um, so they, I mean, they already did the draft. As everyone, that was probably one of the most watched things, just because it was it was something. There was nothing else on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they've also they've been close since March 25th, but recently coaches and um, other staff members, employees, they've been able they allow up to 100 people at the facilities now. That was like last week. They finally let that happen. That's um, like. The team and no one else. Basically, if you've ever yeah. seen the sideline, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the sidelines are crazy. They have hundred people right there. Like, um, also, they're look also looking at games without fans, which is tough because you know we've been looking at games to go. To. I really want to see Tom Brady in a Tampa Bay uniform in uh, the MetLife Stadium. Yeah, they were going to play the Giants. Mm-hmm. So, um, what I was thinking, what we could talk about was the how like some teams they go to alternate sites right for like training camps and stuff yep specific more spe- specifically there's uh the panthers and the cowboys they uh the panthers they go to a college and then the cowboys go to a, just a separate location they've been going to the giants actually they come up to albany they yeah they do yep. albany um so now with the covid stuff they can't go to alternate training camps like sites they have to stay at their facility and, and that makes tra- sense training camp there. i mean if, if you're an nfl athlete i mean they go to these off sites. I mean, yeah, to get to go somewhere, but also because people get to go see them. Like mm-hmm. we, yeah, lose. it's more for the fans rather than the players. Yeah, I mean, themselves. they're in Albany. You know, we drive down, we go see them. So, I think for the players, they probably won't mind it as much. I mean, yeah, it sucks not being able to go to your place, but being able to stay on your home turf that's might even be a better solution. Mm, I think that also might help the rookies too, because um, like I mean, the rookies will be affected a little bit just because if there's shorter training camps or. They've already been drafted, you know, over video chat or whatever. But just getting used to the vibe of this big stadium. You yep. know, you can't do that at a UAlbany campus. as a small D1 school. Mm-hmm. But if you do that at MetLife Stadium, that's a big difference. That could help the player. But seeing as the NFL is probably going to go with no fans in the stadium, that might also help these rookies because they're not going to be around all these fans not that be in could their make head about it like oh let's yeah. not listen to the crowd noise it's like all right now we're just playing you know backyard football just you know professionally but with the best players in yeah. the world <laughs> oh tom brady's throwing me a football oh that's fine there's no fans in the stadium to see me drop it, it maybe matter. i'll catch it <laughs> yeah. yeah so i know in the last episode we talked about revenue 
without fans in the stadium and how mm-hmm. it's just a big hit on the NFL's revenue for the season, you know. So how is it going to affect the 2020-2021 season now? Um, so with, if it's a loss of a lot of revenue, the salary cap for the players to sign contracts, like new te- like to go to new teams and stuff, it's going to be lowered. So teams aren't going to have as much money to spend to get those next uh, round of free agents. So now we've been talking about the NBA and the NHL and this season. The NFL is actually pretty good in this situation. Are they going to be able to start on time and finish on time? I think with how far away it is, I mean, training camps are next month and stuff, and there's start like OTAs and all that are coming up soon. But I think they're planning on a normal start time and then normal finish time, depending on how everything plays out. Still, I think it's still further far enough away to still not be considered, you know, at risk, like as much as like the NHL because they were yeah. right in the middle of a season. So for the NFL, I think that one of the biggest concerns right now that they're having is not having enough people in the stadium. I know that's the only place where they're going to get a revenue hit because they aren't going to have a shortened season. They're not going to have a pushback season. How about the player salaries? Are they going to be affected by the loss in revenue from not being, not having fans in the stadium? I'm not sure how that would work just because like they have their contracts set and I don't think it's based on like fans and stuff but yeah. I know, but like the revenue part I think it's so low, it's, it'll lower the salary cap so you can't sign that mega deal with a team like kind of like Tom Brady he probably wouldn't get that deal if the salary cap is lowered. So in the contracts for most of these players it probably has nothing to do with fans in the stadium or the players probably wouldn't sign them cuz you know you don't want to hit it. You don't want to base a fan cap money on fans. So what I'm concerned about is now in the future, next season, new contracts starting. Is there going to be a clause that says, you know, you have to have this many people in the stadium? They might. Do, they could possibly do that. But I don't think many of the players would just because I don't think NFL players are that greedy. Like they're, yes, all like professional athletes are greedy to get their money and stuff. But I don't think they'll be like, oh, well, I want this many fans or I'm not going to sign with you. No, that wouldn't be – I wasn't talking about that being with the fans. I'm talking about the NFL teams giving out the contracts, saying you won't get this money if there's not this many people in the stadium. Oh, kind of saying like, oh, well, we won't pay you uh, – we can't pay you this if there's not enough fans. Is yeah. That what you mean? Okay. Would you think those kind of clauses would get into people's contracts? I don't think so. I think that'd be a weird thing to add to contracts just because like you're basing it on fans rather than the player. But if you were the NFL right now, would you want that in every single person's contract? Obviously, if you're an owner, (laughs) yeah, you definitely want that. So would you see it starting to – would you think that maybe next season we might see a deal like that? I think depending on how long the no fans goes, and then if it continues through, like, you know, weeks 15, 16, like, even, like, the playoffs and stuff, I think maybe you might, but not right away. All of us sports fans definitely hope there's a vaccine before then. Yeah, definitely. Get fans back <laughs> in the stadiums. we need fans in the stadiums. We need all the sports open. So, for the NFL, do you have anything else to add to the current situation? Uh, no, I think everything's just um, right now still unclear on how everything's going to go. All right, so let's switch gears here and go into one of our fun segments for today. The Forbes World's Highest Paid Athletes list. Now, this is a cool one because 
you think about these salaries, like Tom Brady, he's making just about 30 mil a year. But what you don't always think about right away is how much they're making not from the team. Outside how much of they're their making, contracts, yep. How much is he making from so. Muggs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> of course you bring that up. <laughs> Tom Brady, Uggs, you know, got to have it. All right, so number one on the list, not surprising to me, Roger Federer. And you were saying he has the brand that he uh, went to after Nike had said no, yes, right? Yes, Uniqlo. Uniqlo, This okay. was about a year or two years ago. Uh, Nike sh- gave him a short deal. Not good at all. Short-changed they, him, you know? Yeah, short-changed him. It, w- it wasn't good. So he said, all right, no, I'm not going to do that. He went to Uniqlo. Uniqlo is an up-and-coming brand mm-hmm. still, but signing a deal with Roger Federer. You know, all these kids, you know, you tennis player, right? You're looking up to Roger Federer. You want to be like him. And he's the best player in the world. Obviously, you're going to go buy Uniqlo products now, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. and you see it. it it's... That's with any sport. You see, like, a young kids, he's their idol, and they're like, I want his stick. I if wear you a have, ball or If gloves. you have a sports brand like Nike, Uniqlo, all these things, you want someone like, sorry to say it, LeBron James, of Roger course, Federer, yeah. Tom Brady. You want something like that. Mm-hmm. Someone like that because – That'll completely build your brand That's up. That's literally the people that you want buying your product. You're target marketing them. Mm-hmm. You know, so Roger Federer, number one on the list. What was that number exactly? So his pay per year was $106.3 million. That's a lot. Here's what's really going to get you. His salary slash winnings, so the tournament winnings, mm-hmm. $6.3 million. Wow. Big difference. So they have to obviously, obviously, winning a tournament gives you money, but like that's even losing a tournament gives you money. Okay. So there's money in every level. You know, you have to pay athletes. You know, there's still fans in the stadium. So if you're losing the first round, you're probably not making much money. Oh, okay. Unless it's Wimbledon. Yep. Um, but if you win it, you win the most money. Second place, second most. You know, it goes down like that. So six point three million is not a lot Mm -hmm. at all. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a good amount, you know, if I was making $6.3 yeah. million, I'd love it. <laughs> we wouldn't it. be laughing. But this just shows how much, you know, someone like Roger Federer, because he's had this big career, how much he can sell for these guys, mm-hmm. how much he can market product. It's awesome to think about. So let's move on to number two. Number two, Cristiano Ronaldo, another soccer guy. I mean, soccer is a huge sport in yeah. this world, so it's no surprise to me. This one, he made about the same as Roger Federer and $105 million. But his salary and winnings was a lot higher at mm-hmm. $60 million for the year. So is it that the same thing for soccer? Like you went like, obviously it's not probably not match per match, like that the winnings, but it's like for championships and stuff? Well, no, it's not like that. It's it's more like the NFL set up, you're on a contract. Oh, okay. And then yeah. the more, like, uh, Super Bowl, like you get bonus money, and you probably get bonus money in soccer. I'm not too much into the you know the money part. You just rather the, watch your, the game. Yeah, I love okay. watching like EPL. I'm not too big into like the Italian. Mm-hmm. In okay, the, but um, I'm assuming there's extra money if yep. you're winning something. If you're winning the Champions League, you know you're playing more. If you have an, if you're on an EPL contract and you're playing in the Champions League, mm-hmm. you know you probably get extra money for that. Okay. I don't know. I can't. Say yeah, I just it didn't know how it had worked, so I just wanted to know. So number three, I remember we did the goat segment, and I believe you took him, you took Lionel Messi, and I took Cristiano Ronaldo. Yep. Well, on the highest paid players list, they think Ronaldo's better because he's at number two. Of course, everyone's always conspiring <laughs> against me. And Lionel Messi is number three at um, 
still just about the same, $104 million. Okay. But he actually made more in his salaries. So he made $72 million in his salary, which is actually really interesting to think about. So companies, I guess, overall think Cristiano Ronaldo can sell more product than Lionel Messi. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. I If I was looking at someone to like sell product for me, I feel like Cristiano Ronaldo has like that face, you know, that yeah, yeah. Everything. he's like got everything to sell. Uh, staple like face, yeah, staple. To sell. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. And, and Lionel s- Messi is, I mean, I'm not trying to dub Lionel Messi here, so Lionel Messi fans like, you know, but he's back not off, your typical but, like sell sell this. He's to not me. the guy you'd think about selling a lot of product. Mm-hmm. So another soccer player for number four, obviously soccer is. All right, I'm going to say it. The biggest sport in the world. Mm-hmm. It's not the biggest sport in the U.S. Obviously, MLS is not that great of a league. But in the world overall, soccer has historically been the number one sport. So it's no surprise to me that we have in the top five, we have three soccer. Mm-hmm. So it's Neymar. Okay. I don't know if you are familiar with Neymar. I've heard of him. Haven't? I mean, I'm not into He's a pretty good soccer, soccer player. But yeah. He drops below, so we only had three people above $100 million, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. $100 million is a lot of money. Yeah. So for Neymar, he's at $95.5 million, and his salary was close to Leonos at $70.5 million. So again, um, big names like Messi and Neymar aren't as big as Ronaldo mm-hmm. by you know $10 million or $20 million. Yeah, that's a lot of difference mm-hmm. for revenue. So <laughs> you're not gonna like number five. Oh God, is it LeBron? It's LeBron. Not number yet. five is LeBron, eighty-eight point two million dollars. Um, he has whoa, his he salary. Has a lot of his salary is only twenty-eight point two million dollars, and his endorsements is up at sixty. So his endorsements is if if you just did endorsements here. He'd be at number two. He'd be right below Roger. Mm-hmm. Roger, $100 million in endorsements. That's a lot of money. Yeah, well, his Nike, he has Nike, so in his shoes. So, so if you think about the Roger, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Roger's at $100 million. So if he didn't take that deal with – or if he took that deal with Nike that you know undercut him, he wouldn't even be on close to the top of this list because he only made $6.3 million Oh, wow. In salary. Mm-hmm. Okay, so LeBron James – He's the first basketball player on the list. Obviously, basketball, shoe deals, they make a lot of money off that. So number six on the list, also a basketball player, it's Curry. You'll like that one better than yeah, LeBron. I, yeah, I definitely like uh, Curry over LeBron. I do wish, you know, Curry was one more higher on the list. Anyway, he did make more money in salary than LeBron at $30.4 million, beat him by a couple. But his endorsements is at $44 million, and I think that's only because he doesn't have his name yet. I mean, I know he has his name. Don't get me wrong. Yep. But even though we don't like LeBron, LeBron is a bigger name than Curry at the moment. Yeah, I think the uh, LeBron shoes are a lot more popular than Steph's Under Armour shoes. I, get... I do like his brand, though. But I, I do like Steph's shoes better than LeBron's. I'm not a fan of LeBron's shoes. Not just because I'm not a fan of him, but just because I just don't like the way they look. I'd I mean, rather... I'm definitely more of a Nike shoe guy. Yeah. But I, I do like um, Steph's design. I think the colors match up with mm. um, Under Armour very well. Yeah. Who's next? All right. So next on the list, another basketball player, not surprising. It's Kevin Durant. 
Yeah, but he, he just signed that huge deal, and he has the shoes, too. Um, he's pretty big in the shoes, also, like kind of like LeBron. Yeah, basketball again. If yeah. you're a basketball guy and you don't have shoes, there's an issue. <laughs> um, Kevin Durant, $28.9 million, beats out LeBron in salary, but he does not have the deals. It's $35 million, I mean, $35 million in, in deals. No is, one's complaining here. But no one's <laughs> complaining. Not as much as LeBron. So that's it for the basketball guys fine finally they're there um number eight on the list is the goat tiger woods well obviously he's in everything yeah he's so just... tiger is in one of those sports that makes a lot of money off winnings mm-hmm. however like roger he's his salary slash winnings 2.3 million dollars wow that's low that's low i mean we're talking millions of dollars but still that's low his endorsements 60 million dollars wow um, yeah, like you see, if you look on like any website to shop for anything golf, you just see always see the TW logo on anything Nike, um, and you know just all the kids, young kids. I feel like if they're looking into golf, they try to be like Tiger. Yeah, like if you're just starting to like golf, Tiger's the only guy you know, right? How I mean, obviously there's a lot of great golfers out there, yeah. and it's there's been so many. But if you history. say who's one person from golf, they're ninety nine percent of the time. Everyone say knows Tiger, who Tiger yeah. Woods is. Sometimes people know Tiger Woods for things that aren't golf, but we won't get into that because we like Tiger and we're a sports podcast. So that's true. <laughs> so number nine, we'll go. We'll do nine and ten, then we'll go see some oddballs in there. Um, so number nine, this one's interesting. Kurt Cousins. Well, he just signed. Well, he at first he signed the one deal for like eighty something million, and then he just signed another one for even more. And most of that money is guaranteed too. He kind of took the Vikings for a ride says there. Fifty-eight million dollars. Oh wow! For salary slash winnings. Okay, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. And then he only has two point five in um, revenue. Yep. From endorsements. So I don't really like Cousins on this list right here. I mean, I know it's obviously he has to be on this list right there, but I don't think. With his he's money, good enough for the salary. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. With his money, he has to be there with how much he makes. But he's his skill. Yes, he's a good professional quarterback. Obviously, he's the NF, in the NFL, and he's, and he's making there. sixty million dollars a year. I don't think it kind of doesn't translate to uh, how his skill is compared I don't, to I don't his think money, not salary even close. and stuff. Number ten, Carson Wentz. I still don't believe that Philadelphia should have put their money on Carson Wentz. He's, no, he's always, always injured. Yeah, he's always injured. And I, I'm not a fan Nick of Nick Foles anyway. won you a Super Bowl against and, the Patriots. Why wouldn't you keep him as yeah, a starter? Yeah, but also every time Nick Foles has been a you know tried to be that guy, he gets hurt. Like with the Jaguars, they signed him to a big deal. He got hurt and broke his collarbone, was out for eight weeks, and they had to play Gardner Minshew. The so <laughs> Gardner Minshew's a character. So basically, what you're saying is. The Eagles need to find a quarterback that doesn't always get hurt. Yes. <laughs> yes, I feel the same way. Except, you know what? I don't really like the Eagles, so they can do whatever they want. I mean, I'm a little biased because I'm a Cowboys fan. Sorry to the Eagles fans I that I know like are Cowboys. listening. <laughs> <laughs> so let's keep going down the list. I'm going to look to see. So here's another golfer. Number 14 is um, McElroy. Okay. Um, $52 million total, 22 winnings. So he's won significantly more than Tiger recently. Mm-hmm. And 30 mil in... I think that's because Tiger did take that time off because of his back and stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to keep up when you're... It's hard to get back When going. you're outside lines. So Tom Brady, 
I'm gonna give you one guess as to what number he's at. Twenty. He is at twenty one, so that was 21. a close guess. Forty five million dollars, thirty three million dollars a year, twelve million dollars in endorsements. That's a weird number. I feel like Tom Brady should be in the top ten because he should have a lot more endorsements. Um, is TB12 like hits his own brand? He really uh, so, so I guess that makes hard, sense. Right? TB12 so, is his own brand, so it's a big brand. But I think that since it's his own brand, he launched he launched that right. Yes. So since he did that, I think it just hasn't gotten the you know the track of you know like Nike or something else. So like basically, that. he's taking his own name and marketing it himself instead of going to Nike and saying, "Hey, market me." Mm-hmm. That's a that's an interesting. Well, he is. I think he it. is endorsed with Under Armour. Because he usually wears yeah, Under Armour cleats yeah. and stuff. So I wasn't even thinking about that. But mm-hmm. if you add the TB12 brand to this, I feel like it is going to be – he would be a lot higher. I think he can get there. He probably will – makes more than what it says. Obviously, it works with the TB12 stuff. Obviously, works because the way he has been able to stay in shape and stuff. And, you know, his electrolytes and his bands and same – like pliability and all that stuff. So here's one for you. Um the second tennis player on this list is 23. So it goes from 1 to 23. And that's not because of winnings. It's all because of endorsements. So mm-hmm. these players might not look like they're making a lot of money. But in the background, they're making a ton. So Novak Djokovic, who is... I mean, it's it's pretty much right now. It's, it's Roth, Djokovic, and Federer mm-hmm. are the top three tennis players in the world. Anyway, Djokovic, number 23, 44.6 million. And it's going to be 12.6 salary in winnings. He's probably one of the bigger winners this year. So there's that and then $32 million endorsement. So, again, they're making more money on endorsements. Which is never a bad thing. I don't, I don't no, think so. No, not at so. all. Rafa Nadal is at 27. He's making more money on endorsements. Mm-hmm. Serena Williams, it looks like she, oh she's not the first woman on the list. Sorry, my apologies. The first woman on the list is number twenty nine. Now, I don't see an issue with that because most of the money that comes from sports is from the men's leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, she's still making a lot of money, but she's like I mean she just won the U.S. Open. You know, she beat Serena. I mean that was a while ago, obviously, but. I feel like maybe in women's tennis, they should be making a little more. I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a tough subject to get into. It, it's definitely – I mean, tennis is huge, women and men. Mm-hmm. But where she's at right now, I feel like is, is perfectly fine for um, for a women tennis player. And this is um, Noemi Osaka. I think I said that right. Um, anyway, she's the one that beat – Serena in the U.S. Open, you know, okay. when Serena threw a racket and okay. started crying. Yep. <laughs> the, yeah. Um, she's actually, she's making $37.4 million a year. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, $3.4 million winnings and $34 million in um, endorsements. So then Serena's number 33, and we keep going down, and you're starting to get into, you know, lower, lower level players. I mean, not lower level players, like. You know, Kemba is 52, mm-hmm. um, Joel Embiid 60. Which also, so it helps that these guys are upcoming. So, like, I mean, a few years down the road, they might still be able to get that extra money in there to, you know, come up the list a little bit. But not maybe not, like, you know, be where LeBron or Steph are, but get up there a little bit. 
So we won't get too far into the, the lower number. I mean, into the hundreds or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll jump right into another fun segment we got planned. 10 greatest sports franchises of all time. Number one, obviously, is everyone knows this one. New York Yankees. Okay. Obviously, they have dominated forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, yeah. now they're like they're obviously a top team, but, I mean, come on. The older teams, they won a lot. Um, like I mean, 27, right? Yeah. And it's a chase for 28. We've been on that for since, what, 2009? Yeah, a long time. <laughs> So, obviously, it's harder for us to win championships now as Yankee fans. Obviously, we're Yankee fans. But before, I mean, just that is an amazing franchise. Mm -hmm. Right now, I think they're definitely in the top five for the uh, the most value in a team. Mm -hmm. You know, they're worth billions of dollars. Yep. So, that's obviously number one. Number two is the team that also dominated in the past. That's the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep, definitely. How do you feel about those historic teams with the basketball? Uh, I never really – I haven't really gotten into basketball. I kind of just follow Curry just because I like the way he plays. <laughs> Clay, that's I, that's really my extent to basketball. Obviously, the Boston Celtics are another one of my teams. I'm not huge into basketball either, but um, if I do watch basketball, it's going to be the Celtics. And I think they've always had – Dominant teams. Yeah, I mean, not recently. I mean – they have had pretty good teams recently, mm-hmm. but you know, way back when they had, you know, good franchise dominated. Number three, Minneapolis slash Los Angeles Lakers. So the L.A. Lakers. Yep. So obviously, if they put that name in there, they must have been dominating for a while when they had to put both names. So yeah. So L.A. Lakers, obviously, they've been amazing forever. Mm-hmm. No question. Now they have LeBron, so I don't like them anymore. <laughs> but um I agree with that part. <laughs> number four, we're gonna jump right into hockey now. The first hockey team on the list, number four. Ugh, do I even have to read this name? I think you do. The Montreal Canadians. Sadly you do have to read that. Ooh. <laughs> and accept it because I mean they're an O six team, right? Yeah. So So the O six teams, they've been around forever. Yes, and they were very dominant. And they I feel like they had a lot of repeats too. <laughs> No, they did. Yeah, the Montreal Canadiens, definitely a great franchise. They've done a lot for years. They're still profitable, obviously. Mm-hmm. Not everyone loves Montreal. Of course, you don't because you're a Boston fan. It's true. Go Bruins. <laughs> no. So, um, number five on this list is the UCLA Bruins men's basketball team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, obviously not as profitable for players because it's college, but... Um, this is on the list because they've dominated. Yeah, um, I'm never really. I'm. I watch March Madness. That's really my end to college basketball. Just because I'm not into basketball as much. Recently, I've started to like basketball a lot more, especially on the college level, because mm-hmm. you know we're both college age kids, so it's fun to go watch the games, especially if your team's playing. Mm-hmm. You know, go Orange. <laughs> Even though they probably wouldn't have made it anyway this year. But, no, it's fun to watch college basketball. It's a whole different game than the NBA. So, next on the list, number six is the Brazilian national soccer team. Brazil, I know you're not into soccer, mm-hmm. but Brazil consistently has the best soccer players. I don't know where it comes from. Yeah, 
they've had the best national team. I feel like even if, you, if you're not into soccer and you ask someone, oh, what's the national team that you think is good? And they're going to say Brazil. Like, I, a lot of people watch the World Cup. Yep. I mean, the American team. You remember the year that you know they went to the round of 16? They played Belgium, I think it was. Yep. So you probably didn't know who the players were, but I knew a lot of the players that were on Belgium. Mm-hmm. Like they, a couple of them played on Manchester United. Um, Lukaku didn't wasn't on United, I think then. But anyway, you know Fellaini. It was nice to see those guys playing. Mm-hmm. But Brazil always comes out on top. Yeah, I don't know where it comes from, but they've they've been dominating forever. So we'll move to number seven. How do you feel about NCAA football? You watch I li- that a lot? I like uh, college football. You know, I like the passing game rather than the run game, which a lot of college football is passing. I mean, the NFL has a lot of passing too, but more run. It's just like, oh, third and 17, we're just going to run it up the middle for two yards and then punt it. But college, they're trying to, you know, toss it in the air and catch They're not afraid to make down. mistakes. Yeah, because it's you. They have a lot of paid. Lamar Jacksons. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> the running backs. Yep. Um, so Alabama Crimson Tide, which that just makes sense. Because, does that just make sense? Because you know Nick Saban's been there for so long. I mean, you know, if you're thinking NCAA football, you're thinking Alabama, Clemson, uh, Notre Dame, which is number eight on the list. Okay. So, I think the NCAA football. I mean. It's they're obviously some of the greatest franchises ever. You know, it's mm-hmm. school dominance. They're probably dominant in other sports too. Yeah. But I mean, when you're thinking NCAA football, Alabama, Notre Dame, and now we're talking Georgia and stuff. Clemson. And they're obviously not yep. on this list, but historically these are the teams that have mm-hmm. dominated. Number nine? I gotta read that too? I think so. <laughs> okay, so number nine, Soviet national hockey team. Oh, 60 to 80. That's a tough one for you. 60 to 80. That's – I love the 1980 movie, Mm -hmm. Miracle. I love that they came from nothing and they beat the Soviets. But to have that movie, the Soviets have to be on this list. Yeah. So 10 greatest franchises, Soviet national hockey team. I mean, they played good hockey. Count. (laughs) You sound a little upset that they're on the list. But, hey, let's beat them with their own game, eh? Yeah. So, um, number 10 on the list, Tennessee Lady Vols. Um, I don't really get into women's sport. I'm not trying to, you know, say anything bad about it. Like, I just don't watch women's sports as much. Yeah, me too. So, anyway, they're 10 on the list. Um, Honorable mentions. This is what I was waiting for. First on the list of honorable mentions, New England Patriots. Obviously. Tom Brady with all the rings. 2000 when Belichick and Tom Brady... Hopped mm-hmm. on the the train there, and till probably about, probably about now, <laughs> just yeah. about now. Yeah. Although, don't <laughs> underestimate Bill Belichick. He'll, he'll put something together, and they'll go twelve and four. Stidham might end up being freaking <laughs> Drew Brees over here. Yeah, the swinging. only pass he throws is a touchdown for the other team. And hey, <laughs> he's one for one with touchdowns. <laughs> it doesn't work. I like can't that. believe they. I don't know why he put Stidham in there in that situation. Yeah, it just it just doesn't it was look stupid. Good I mean, we were playing. Our defense was probably like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, <laughs> we've given zero points the last eight weeks. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and we throw this guy in here, he gives up a touchdown. Yeah, obviously it wasn't week eight, but anyway. Yeah. So, um, UConn Huskies women's basketball. Um, honorable mention: Texas Longhorns baseball, Manchester United, which I would have thought would have been on this list. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're. 
just close to being on the list. Manchester United has dominated forever. They've been the best team. Um, they went through the plane crash in the 50s. That Basically, their whole team, you know, unfortunately passed okay. away. And then they came back and they ended up winning. And that was right about the time when the Champions League was starting up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, champions of Europe instead of just England. I mean, it, it's great to be a Manchester United fan, especially under Sir Alex years. Mm-hmm. Oh, they won the treble in 99. That was with, like, you know, these greats. And then they go back in 2012 or 13. Okay. Don't, I mean, I was I'm not quoting you on anything. So, so. Um, <laughs> no, they, they won right before Sir Alex was leaving. Mm-hmm. Still trying to find a win here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Manchester United definitely deserves to be an honorable mention. Uh, UNC women's soccer, sure. Um, now, this one we put in here just, just, just for you. Just actually. for some fun. I think I, I made you put this one in here. Yeah. But um, the men's 1980 U.S. Olympic <laughs> hockey team, um, not because they were a great franchise. In the moment, they were a great franchise. Yep. So that's why we add them to this list, because they took down one of the big ones. And because the Soviets are on the list, so we had to throw something in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't just say the Soviets were a great hockey team and not say, hey, <laughs> look who beat them in 1980. Yep. Uh, yeah, so definitely a great list. Um, learned a lot, because I didn't know some of these yeah. teams would have been on there. So I think that's it for us this week. Um, make sure you join us next week for the Charles Schwab competition updates as well as updates from around the sports world. Thank you for listening to Sport Me Podcast. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at Sport Me Podcast. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud.